0: Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Echo Lima here coming at you from your mom's bedroom. <laughs> no, maybe it's your sister. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm back in Alaska. It is a gray day in the AK. Let me tell you, it's it's a little gray out there right now. I guess they got some weather finally getting a break from that um, cold that they had going on. They had that or not cold? Yeah, the other way. The hot. I guess it turned. It was ninety degrees for the first time here in like ever. So it reached 90 and stuff and so um they got they were super hot. I know the cab driver was complaining cuz he worked mostly at night and he couldn't sleep during the day cuz up here nobody's got AC, you know? Like who would who would install air conditioning in your house in Alaska? Like you never even think of it, right? So uh yeah, so everybody was kind of going on about that. Down here at the Captain Cook, wait until a little later, uh, get picked up by Mark about 10 in the morning or so. Had a good night's sleep, didn't go out partying last night. Um, had an invite to the Bush Company uh, Was somebody, won't mention who's around town. One of the prime guys is up here, and uh, there was some Bush Company action, but I, I, I begged off. Busy week, man, 10 days back-to-back-to-back to back to back classes like that, it, it kind of gets on you. If you guys are interested, interested, Mark did put out a schedule for next year already. He does like an Alaskan Precision Rifle course on Facebook. Um, You know, I'm not not a big fan of Facebook. I may have to have him go put a thing up on Sniper's Hide because Facebook's going the way of the Dodo, especially for shooters. You know, Um, so but there is information on the courses next year. Because as many people found out, this stuff sells out quick up here. Uh, standing room only for most of these seats. And, um, you know, if you, if you want to take a course, he did. Now, here's what he did for the lower 48 guys. He, put, he added extra back-to-back PR 1 and 2. Okay, so if you come up here, you're not necessarily, like, stuck with a two-day class or something. You could do the four-day class. And it's more, like, I think the way he framed it, I didn't read it great, I I got so much going on, I don't even go, like, reading this stuff, like, constantly every second. But um, what he did is he made it so, like, guys in the lower 48 who want to come up, and we're seeing more and more people fly up, I mean, this is a destination trip, you know, you come up, see Alaska if you've never seen it, you got Glacier stuff, the tours, Denali's up the road, Talkeetna, but then you could do four days of precision rifle class with Mark and Frank, and do the Mark and Frank show, and um, that way there, you know, it's a little bit worth your time to come up and take that trip. So uh, definitely go on there. I'll try to link it over in the Everyday Sniper podcast with um, in the in the uh, Sniper Side Forum section. But, Want to thank everybody for the article or not the articles, the interviews. Adam's interview went off awesome. I'm getting really great feedback. Guys like that other perspective from names they hadn't heard, from just kind of looking at how someone who's doing really well on the competition circuit looks at their training, their equipment, and how people should be addressing this. So I got some really good feedback on um, Adam's uh, one. And then, like always, you know, Phil. And stuff. So we had some good interviews while I was home. It's actually a little easier to have somebody call in and do an interview with these trips being so back to back. I mean only being home a couple days and stuff, rather than trying to come up or run around and, and fit my schedule. Uh talk to Mike a little bit, text PM. They got the they got the mile high shooting match this weekend um up in Craig, Colorado. So uh Adam and Mike are up there gonna be shooting it. And they said they were going to get together and do a podcast this week. So hopefully you guys will be hearing from Adam and uh, Mike while I'm up here doing this stuff. And as usual, we're going to talk to Mark. Uh, yeah, Mark. We're going to talk to Mark. I almost said Carl. I'm going to talk to Mark about uh, coming down to uh, the Tennessee for the October-November Whenever we get the date nailed down. I gave them three dates. We're looking to see which one fits their schedule. So there's probably going to be a three-day class, Tennessee, fall, end of the season. We'll end it up there, seeing how it's a nice little gig and stuff. And so uh, we'll be out there doing that thing for everybody. But I wanted to get to some of the comments and everything. I'm going to go down the list. I'm going to start at the top. Usually I start at the bottom and work my way up, like try to find where I was when I left off. I I don't necessarily know. But I'm going to go through the comments and just read down them. Uh, First one's from Steve. He's like, hey, Frank, did you see Trump talking about UFOs on the news? I did. Um, Watch all the UFO stuff. Today's Friday, Ancient Alien Day. So, uh, you know, picking up on the ancient alien vibe. This is Brookings Institute stuff, guys. This is where they said they had to trickle them out. They had to get to a point where they felt we can handle the idea that we're not alone. And so they gave a briefing to not only Trump, but to Congress and to people about these um, UFO encounters the military's had. Uh, they have this show, Identified or Unidentified, I think it's called Unidentified, with that Alonzo guy. I, like I said, I'm a little conflicted with him. I, I, you know, I get it, he's pulling in some good names and he's doing some decent stuff. But that shows, it, it, it's honestly, it's like a repeat of the same three videos over and over again. Not that Ancient Aliens is, is necessarily unique in, in their shows. I mean, these shows are so good at repeating the same thing over and over again and pulling you in closer. You know, it's like Oak Island. It's like, we're digging. Come take a look. Uh, not quite there yet. We're digging. Come take a look. Uh, not quite there yet. We're digging. Oh, we found a pebble. We find a bone. Come take a look. That's like the alien stuff. So that's kind of cool. But everybody, I guess there was a a thing online too, on Facebook. People were like, I'm going to storm Area 51. Well, they moved most of that stuff from Area 51. They got Area 52 now over at Duggars and stuff in Utah. Stuff's been moved. You know, you got Dulce underground. There's bases all over If you went to Area 51, now Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar said... There was like nine craft at Area 51 was. He was there. Remember, that was the 80s, man. So they probably moved them by now. They had all kinds of drama with the burn pits out there and everything going on. But people like, you know, they can't get us all. We'll storm the gates. Dude, freaking DOE is going to roll up with freaking trucks and miniguns and, you know, mow everybody down. It's like, nah, you ain't getting through that base. You ain't storming the gates of a base. They got guns. You ain't got no guns. Guns, guns, he's got some guns. Nah, man, you ain't getting in that gate. In, in that gate. But anyway, yeah, the alien stuff's going out of control. They're really, you know, good marketing campaign. What can I say? Uh, Marty Monster here, absolutely superb episode. Thank you, Frank, and thank you, Adam. Really great to get a different shooter's perspective, especially someone that shoots oh uh, oh so well, I think he's supposed to say so well, performs at the top of his game and is still so humble, and normally you almost tend to forget they're superstars within the game. I still and still human beings. Um thanks, Adam. Thanks, Frank. Can't wait for the next one. Okay, Oldsmobiler. Uh Frank, we need some sniper side decals. I got stickers. I don't I give them away in class, alright? I get swag. We got everyday sniper stickers. We got sniper's hide stickers. Um I went to order patches and the patches fell through and I just haven't been around to kind of redo it. I tried getting a hold of combat swag and they never answered. Uh, when I went to go order some uh, everyday sniper patches and stuff, and I need to get new snipers hide patches. I need to kind of do a new, you know, branding, swag, giveaway. I actually found a bunch of hats at the house and brought them up to give away in the class. Normally, if you need that stuff, you got to come to class to get it because we put them all out in class. Um, Can't wait uh, to get a video of Adam drop testing his rifle with the Z-Comp attached. Yeah. Dude, rifle, uh, Adam beat the snot out of his scopes, huh? Man, I was like listening to, I mean, I used to, I did. there's a video, old, old video of me. I th- I don't remember which one it was. I think I was checking a Heinzel or something, but there's an old scope test rifles homely video. I'm down at the, under the, uh under the decking there in front of the bunkhouse on the picnic table. And I'm pulling a scope off my rifle and it's a Schmidt and Bender. And in the video, you'll see me just undo the rings, take it off, and then have the scope and go, boop, toss it off out of frame and everything, and you could just hear it thump, thump, thump. So, you know, yeah, you get some videos, but, man, Adam, Adam, totally checked it. Uh, Morgan Sniper, 94, Doc Maurer is a friend of mine. He's an excellent guy. Yes, Doc Maurer rocks. And two R's in Maurer there, my friend, two R's. Uh, They'll tell you. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm psyched. I've known Doc Mauer for a while, and, and um, he is at the top of his game on a lot of levels, and, and the place he's building down there in Tennessee, I think is gonna really morph into something pretty good for everybody. Uh, you know, he 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 he's been to a lot of places that do it right, and while he's not a focused precision rifle guy, he's an every system guy. Handgun carbine precision rifle, man. He's a three-gun guy. You know what I'm saying? So uh definitely a shout out to Doc Maurer, uh Todd Adam, uh, uh yeah, Todd Brett, and all those guys. Uh Doc Pupro. Frank just ordered some um uh, Verzalica Merino. I got that down, guys. I'm on it, man. I'm speaking Finnish now. Look at me go. I'm just like I'm 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 a native. You know, uh Merino wool socks, super excited. I have used Merino wool socks on deployment. And saved my feet, ordered up some of these to try overseas and based on your review. Think I'll be happy with my purchase. Totally. I got my uh, Sharma hoodie here and that kind of stuff. So I'm wearing it up in Alaska, especially when you're looking right now and it's gray and kind of weathery. I'm going to be loving my wool, man. Some Merino wool. I'm all about it. September, I'm going to be bringing up that wool like uh, shell jacket, you know, because that thing's badass. It's just a little heavier. And, and it's cheaper, man. You know, with, with the $10 flat rate from the, the Veres Liquor guys to the U.S., um, it's it's going to be it, – it, it's a no-brainer, man. I, like I said, I'm digging the Merino wool. I always carried the Merino wool with Triple Law. I have the Praetorian hoodie which is merino. You guys see pictures of me in the special service sweater, the really thick black one that I wear. You'll see videos and pictures of me. That's triple odd as well. But I'm a wool fan, man. I do like soft shell stuff, you know, but I'm old school, like the wool. I like the way it fits. I like the way it feels. I like the whole thing about it. So, yeah, man, I think uh, Doc Pupro, you're really going to love it, and I think those guys are doing a good job. Uh, I don't even know. What is this? My Ugg? Uh, The 224 bolt bolt-action rifle, is it chambered Sammy or did they high-chamber it for a longer throw? I think it's just Sammy. I'd have to ask Fritz, but we never specced anything. I didn't give him a round or tell him what I'm shooting, so I'm 99% sure. They're just using a straight-up Sammy Reamer. And like I said, I felt the difference in the Federal versus the Hornaday and just closing the bolt on a round. You know what I mean? I'm like closing the bolt, but... I, I mean, so far I, I'm gonna. When I get home from this trip, man, I'm home. I got I got a mile high class the the week I get home, and then from there I don't have really a whole lot. We got the gathering, the Army Sniper Association and the Marine Corps Scout Sniper Association are coming to the range, and they're doing their gathering, basically a hog call up. So other than that, I'm gonna be home doing all this stuff. I will get more details on what Fritz, Fritz did at Mile High. If you watch the Brian Whalen video, there was a Facebook a real short video with Fritz and Brian Whalen that I did and in that video, I'm pretty sure that um what do you call it i'm, I'm fritz I'm, I'm I'm spacing here more coffee it's early in the morning uh anyway, I'm pretty sure Fritz talks about what he uses, and I don't think mine's any different than Brian Whalen's when he put them together, but uh, I'm betting they're Sammy Speck, man. So, um, you know, no issues there. Uh, Frank, I don't believe it's been covered, but uh, what paperwork, if any, does someone need to travel across state lines with a suppressor? You need, you just need your stamp, man, a copy of your tax stamp. Um, I travel with suppressors all the time. Uh, I've even traveled and forgot my paperwork on the suppressor. I do have a letter and stuff, so... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 99, I'm covered, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I do some work and everything. But suppressor, you don't need the paperwork if you move from state to state. There's a form for suppressors. Once you've got the suppressor, it's yours. Just put that tax stamp and make a copy of it, like vault, vault your original, make a photocopy of your tax stamp. Hell, you can even shrink it down, put it in a folder, business, whatever, you know what I mean? The, all you got to do is show you have it. And that's just a formality. I will be straight up with you and in the 20 years I've been doing suppressors. It's going to be 20, it's 19 right now. 19 years since I've had suppressors, okay? And I've got over 30 of them. I travel with them all the time, man. I've even traveled with them without rifles, like taking suppressors with me. You don't need paperwork or anything. Like, all you do is make a photocop. Here's the easiest way to get away with it. Make a photocopy of your, your tax stamp, put it in your case. I put mine behind the foam and tape it to the back of the case. Or what I used to do is wrap the suppressor in it. And if you have any of those suppressor pouches or anything, you could put it there. But it's never been asked for. Uh, you just, here's here's the, the, the thing with a can. Technically, they're illegal in your state. Technically, they're illegal. But the federal thing makes it legal, so your state will say, the feds say it's legal, we say it's legal, if you have your paperwork. So they have this kind of gray, loopy kind of thing where if a cop asks you for your paperwork, all he's doing is making sure you're in the legal circle. It's not like, well, you're not ATF, you're not federal, I'm not showing you. Because there's this little gray state area Where they can check, you know what I mean. But I've never had one check. I was telling uh, guys a story. Uh, I I was doing a class with Noah and and those guys, right? Um, Young Noah from Boulder, and they're in front of me. In front of them is a sheriff. Behind is me. So we're getting on the highway, and the speed limit is on the highway seventy five degrees. Well, the sheriff goes sixty five. He's in the right lane. Noah's dad stays behind him and is following him at sixty five. Me. Left lane, go, I'm 75, I'm cruising down the road. So we're cruising down the road about three miles, I'm passing cars, passing cars. Finally, I pass this RV. And the RV um, doesn't, what do you call it? The RV, uh, I pass the RV and in front of the RV, there's not really any traffic. Well, next thing I know, the cop comes out, uh, the sheriff, and he gets in the left lane, he comes tearing off after me and he pulls me over. And I'm like, dude, what's up? And he's like, well, you're traveling in the left lane. You're supposed to, once you pass that RV and there was no more traffic, you were supposed to go into the right lane. And I'm like, all right, you know, you can't travel in the passing lane. And I'm like, whatever, dude. You know, I don't like this lane. It's all bumpy and makes, you know, it's like like sucks. And he's like, yeah, this lane does suck, but that's the rule. I'm like, whatever. In the backseat, I had like three rifles, suppressors, the whole thing. I had nothing with me. Paperwork-wise or anything, but I had all the rifles just stacked sitting in the back seat. Never saw it, never said a word, nothing. Didn't even look back there like, well, dude, why do you got all those guns? You know, and none of that. So protect yourself at all times with a suppressor, but you only submit paperwork as if you're moving. It's basically a change address paperwork. Uh, now, uh, there's like SBRs have something or I don't know one. There is something that does need paperwork to take it out of state. But suppressors aren't it. All right, um, I'm probably in the minority anymore. This is true. But I'm probably in the minority anymore, but I definitely like practical, realistic side of the training house. I got into the tactical shooting with Larry Vickers with pistols and carbine. Uh, go ask Pat Mack, LAV, Pantone, etc., what they think of pistol and carbine games. Some of them are even pioneers of the original pistol series and don't like it. My attention is now precision shooting. Uh when I can and I don't have any interest in PRS or any matches, honestly. I'm sure there are positive takeaways from them. Keep on rocking in the free world, friend. Keep on rocking in the free world. Yep. That watched that Bohemian Rhapsody the other day. It was pretty damn good. Um I just saw because I hadn't been home so I don't really watch TV when I'm traveling. But I just watched it the other night. I liked it. Enjoy the practical talk. Tennessee is a lot more doable for me than Colorado. I hope that takes off. Tennessee's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean just even look at it. Like you got this weekend, Hornaday's got their big match, Gardner's putting on. It's in Utah, it's a field match. Field matches are ten times better than the friggin' contrived stuff. You know, don't get me wrong, there there's there's certain elements, but the it, PRS matches to me, the, the square rangey ones, have turned into same thing over, same thing over, same thing over. I'd rather you throw in the element of shoot, move, communicate, walking around. Doing stuff and where you don't where you have to actually look at your equipment how much you're carrying what's going on with all that kind of stuff because you, you know it matters how heavy your rifle is what equipment you're carrying you know it's one thing when you can walk 20 yards behind you to your car it's another thing when you're two miles away from your car you know so that's definitely a factor i'm a bigger fan of the of the out west practical matches myself um all right, so what do we got here? Ryan Bowers, regarding the many classes that you teach, what's the biggest fundamental you mistake that amateurs make? Man, they make so many. It's it, When you look at my checklist, there's almost 20 things on the new improved Sniper's high Fundamental Eval checklist. Okay, it, there's a ton of stuff on there. The most number one new shooters do. Let's go front to back, top to bottom, however you want to look at it. Let's go in a logical order. Well, what's that, Timmy? What? No, your mom can't talk right now. She's busy. Leave me alone. Go go watch TV. Anyway, here's here's what's going on, man. Timmy's a pain in the ass, man. Uh, yeah, shut up. I got him. He's fine. You can watch TV. Any Anyway, so... Um, number one, they get, they're get they not straight behind the rifle, okay? Biggest mistake they make is they line up and they're crooked, okay? Not straight. Boom. That's one. Another thing, too low on the bipod, right? They get down too low because they think they need to be as low as possible. You got a guy that's 230 pounds and he's got a 69 Harris and he's at the bottom of it and he's trying to crank his neck over and his head down. That's That's another thing they all do. Then... Trigger control, trigger control, trigger control. Trigger control and follow through. I call follow through the for- forgotten fundamental for a reason. Follow through. And what happens is most people shoot a single stage trigger. They got the thing way too light. They think manipulation of the trigger without disturbing the lay of the sights. So what am I going to do to not disturb the lay of the sights? Right? Right? Not touch the trigger, but I got to touch the trigger, but not touch the trigger, but I got to touch the trigger. So what am I going to do? I'm going to tap it. Dude, I got in this. Oh my God. I should read this fucking shit. I got in an argument with this dude on my thing on, uh, uh, oh my God. On YouTube. This dude is the biggest friggin' fool. He thinks he goes, here's what he said. I'm like, I guess you go find it. He says, as soon as the primers hit, the bullet's gone. I'm like, no, it's not. There's time. And he's like, nope, the bullet's gone. Newton, you don't know nothing. I'm a civilian expert. This dude is the biggest. I'm going to actually go read this shit because this is the kind of crap I got to deal with. All right? This guy is beyond effing ridiculous. These are, and, and don't get me wrong, man. I, I feed off this crap. Like, guys are like, oh, Frank, don't get down. It's like, nah, man, I'm not down. So here's this guy's friggin' thing. He goes, recoil management only allows you to see the point of impact and adjust faster. It doesn't affect the rifle's accuracy, which it doesn't affect the rifle's accuracy, only the ability to adjust the follow-up shot. Keep in mind, military snipers play by different rules. Okay? This is a good video on how to control the recoil, but has nothing to do with accuracy of the first shot. So, I'm like, recoil management tells the bullet where the barrel is and affects your 0 too. He goes, keep in mind that when the primer fires, the bullet is already out of the barrel before the rifle moves. Bullshit! Bullshit! Bullshit alert! Okay, there's time, dude. You got locked time. How could you make someone a better shooter if immediately the thing is out of the barrel? It's not. It takes time. Okay, um... Before anything could be done physically with a firearm, also your brain doesn't register the fact that the rifle fired until the bullet has already left. Lie, 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 lie. Fake news. Friggin' where's Trump, man? Give me some fake news stuff. I'm on a roll today, guys. I'm on it today. Let me tell you, I had good sleep last night, didn't drink all day yesterday, didn't drink today, having my coffee. I'm wound up, man. I'm ready to go. I hate these people. That's why it's critical to become comfortable with the position of both the shooter and the rifle and its trigger. It's like, dude, the bullet is not out of the barrel instantly. And so you tell the guy and he goes, before you start bullshitting your way through telling me how a bullet needs to know where the barrel is, try learning a bit about physics and applied math. It's like, what? How do you not say? He goes, now, you might be superhuman and able to be faster than a speeding bullet, but the rest of humanity is not, okay? You know, as for your trained scout sniper bullshit and professional instructor, keep selling that to your students and not to experience he capitalizes. Civilian shooters. Good luck with your BS. I mean, this is the kind of crap that I got to deal with on a daily basis. And does it get me down? No, it doesn't. It winds me up. It, well, I feel like Dennis Leary right now, man. I'm in like De- Dennis Leary mode. Like unfiltered Frank in Dennis Leary mode is like the ultimate deal. So follow through, man. Guys don't follow through. It's a musical instrument, your rifle. It's harmonics. People are all like harmonics, barrel harmonic, barrel harmonic, accuracy nodes. I'm trying to tell them. I said, dude, you can look up accuracy nodes on the internet for your barrel and it's written in milliseconds. It's written in time. You have time. Okay, four milliseconds for a firing pin to hit the primer. That's time. Okay, an AR, eight to 12 milliseconds, depending on the trigger and the hammer you're using. That takes time. Then it's got to leave the barrel. A little bitty bullet going super fast takes less time than a big fat barrel, a bullet, rather, a big fat bullet, boom. I can't even speak now. The guy got me all tongue-tied. A big fat bullet going slow, right? You got a little bitty bullet, goes fast, leaves a little quicker. Lengthen the barrel out, there's still time there. Oh my God, this guy is completely ignoring that there's time in the system and thinks, as long as you're comfortable behind the gun and don't do nothing, it'll do it. It's like, no, that's not how the shit works, dude. Left to its own devices, a gun will do the same thing over and over again. Add the human element in and shit changes. That goes to show we're all superhuman. We all can beat the bullet. Because if that wasn't the case, what would be happening? We'd all be the best shots on the planet. Goddamn, my friend. Get a clue. This is what I deal with. But trigger control and follow through are the biggest mistakes. But it's not usually one mistake. It's usually a combination of errors. A combination of... Of errors that people do especially new shooters body position height on your bipod trigger control follow-through they hold their breath when breathing I have a picture in my PowerPoint of a guy in a fundamental eval that hold his breath the entire held held his breath the entire time and the veins were coming out of the side of his head and I took a picture of it hello all right um tennessee this is a uh, blade maker man spe blade maker he always posts i dig this dude tennessee's a good destination trip from pa i'm picking up with the throwing down dude i'm throwing it down for you this is this is my invite to you it's personal forget everybody else i'm inviting you to come to tennessee then this this i don't know what the hell this guy some guy said something kiki b um a, n B bleh. must be a spam thing uh, and then uh, Blade Maker, the RSP Blade Maker again said, I need an episode of All Frank's Rants. East Coast Frank in the house. East Coast Frank in the house. I'm ranting today. I feel good. I had some good sleep. Usually I only sleep about four hours. Had about six hours sleep last night. Fuck, I feel good. Got up this morning, refreshed, went to breakfast, had steak tips and eggs. Oh man, look at me. Just rolling. Uh, what have we got? Lizard King. Easier bolt lift handles, way dirtier, better shrouded bolt relief. He, oh, he's talking about impact versus deviant. He likes an impact over a deviant. Honestly, I'm I'm kind of the, the the new like actions are just so you know an impact's a surgeon. When surgeon went over, they dropped the ball. They did that. They're owned by a conglomerate hedge fund. You know the whole thing. And then the surgeon guys created impact, and then you got the deviant. I'm a Defiance fan. I got nothing against Impact. I don't, I'm not a fan to be personally. I don't like the built-in rails. I like rails you could change out and do stuff. I don't, I'm not as big a fan as the built-in recoil lugs either. You know, I have an old surgeon. I got some stuff. I have like number 11 or something. My, my surgeon is like a first run two-digit serial number. If I go back and look at it. I mean, so, you know. Uh, it, it, but yeah, I get it. And I've been digging on these origins, man. Eight hundred bucks. I love the origin. Runs good. It's not frilly. You could change the bolt head. You could do what you want. It's eight hundred bucks. Come on. It's like I don't need to spend twelve, fifteen hundred dollars for an action. An action's just a delivery device. The only thing I want is in in the origin isn't so great. But with the small calibers, I like like with the AIs. I I like the, the the ability that has longer threads, the tenons longer, and all that stuff. I like thicker action that way. But if I'm going to strip it down to make it lighter and do something that's a little smaller action, well then I like the Origin cheaper. I don't need the big heavy. You know, if I want to get a big custom action, I kind of want it bigger to take the heat better. And just remember, it's just a delivery device to the barrel and how well that attaches. So I'm not I'm not. Wrapped around the axle with actions anymore. Carlos, what are you saying? Uh, I listened to two, three of uh, his also. Oh, Kleckner. So they're talking about... He's he's answering to somebody. This goes back. I had to stop listening to Kleckner's podcast after I heard him say the 047 doesn't matter. So here's what um Carlos is saying in response to that. Uh, I listened to two or three of his also and stopped as well. It was over a year ago, but if I remember right... It was for the same reason or lack of context. If you miss the center of his target by 8 inches at 800 yards or hell, even meters, he says one of away, and then the 047 to me doesn't matter. I don't know anyone that can hold that, but just like Frank says, it matters when you're collecting data. It adds, man, because here's the problem. We're not dialing a minute, okay? this this if If you go to JBM... Go to JBM online, and I'm going to bring this. this is going to come up again in a second, and I'll just repeat this so you can listen to it. Go to JBM online, and here's the thing. Everybody goes, I got an MOA scope. The 047 doesn't matter. But if you put in the column in JBM, put the first column in inches per 100 yard. There's an inch per 100 yard column. Then go put in a column for MOA, true MOA. If you look at it, the two numbers are going to be two minutes different at a 1,000 yards. Two-minute difference. Not two inches, two minutes. If I tell you there's a two-minute plate at a 1,000 yards, hey, guys, I'm putting out a two-minute plate at a 1,000 yards. How big is that? It's a 20-inch plate. Hello, 20-inch friggin' plate. But if you turn around and say to me, Hey, you need 20, you know, in this case, it would be 37 for 308. Because I usually, it's easier to do with a 308. So, hey, in your app, JBM says put 27 minutes in. Or it says, or not 27, 37. 37 minutes. Or it says put 39 minutes in. There's a big difference between 27, or yeah, I keep going to 20. I don't know why. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like admiring myself right now. Anyway. So 37, the difference between 37 and 39 when you're putting it in or when you're dialing it up is going to be that 2 minutes, not 2 inches, 2 minutes. Guy was trying to argue this with me on Facebook the other day, back to arguments where the people say it don't matter is what they're saying is it's 4 inches. I'm like, "No, that's not 4 inches. That's 4 minutes. 4 MOA." If I tell you you got to four MOA plate at 2,000 yards, how big is that plate? Okay, think about that. That's why I say it matters. Anyway, um, so uh, I had to, yeah, so this is Hendricks. I had to stop listening to Kleckner's, Kleckner's podcast after I heard him say the 047 doesn't matter. You could just shoot the target and measure how far your miss was off and correct your shot from there. Yeah, if you're trying to, like, if you don't know any better, and Mark's actually doing a tri dope thing for guys. He's, he, we took this weaponized math thing with what is a percentage of this and what is a percentage of that. Well, Mark did it all out with multiple, like he did, like 308, 65 Creed, and so we'll be talking about his weaponized math. For new guys who don't know but want to get to the next level without data, this will help you out and how to figure it out. But um, thanks, Franks, for helping people sort through the bullshit and become better shooters, okay? Um, Here's the thing. If, especially new shooter, okay, if you're telling somebody, dial this in and shoot and just correct the miss, most new shooters can't see it without a spotter, okay? They can't see what the heck they're doing. So it's like, how are they going to fix that if they're shooting steel and they're off the plate? They got to go back to an NRA target, six foot by six foot square. I mean, go back in time. I mentioned this before. Go back in time. Go back to when all you had was inches of drop, manufacture drop chart with your grandpa. 1978. We're going to time travel. Time traveling Chinese just beam down into downtown Anchorage. They're right outside the window to Captain Cook and they're like, Frank, hop in. We're going back in time. I'm like, dude, back to the future. Let's go. So we're going to 1978 and I'm going to visit your grandma. All right. And what happened here is she looks up manufacturer drop data. They're giving her inches and in drop. She's going to go to the range. She's driving up the road to Jay Bear. She's going to shoot the NRAF class target. It's a six foot by six foot square. She's going to hit on that paper somewhere. She don't care where she knows she's going to hit the paper all she wants to do is hit the paper. And now this is where NRA targets come in because they're in MOA, right? So you hit the paper and you're in a seven ring. Boom, I hit the seven ring. I, I got to get it to the X ring. They measure up to the X ring. They make the adjustment. Then they throw the manufacturer data away. Now with ballistic computers and stuff, everybody wants to hit the X ring off of the 10 ring. Right? So it's like first shot, I'm supposed to be in the 10 ring. Nah, you're probably still gonna be in a seven, dude. You gotta adjust it. You gotta do what you gotta do. Maybe if everything lines up good and you're not really doing anything crazy in your in your halfway, you're in the nine ring. Okay, you're in the nine ring. We can live with the nine ring. Then you're gonna adjust to the X, write that down, and use that dope. That's how that stuff works. Same thing with chewing your computer. So, all right. So the next one, um, I really think if, oh, here we go. This was uh, Joel responding to our comments, and people were saying, I really think if stage time increased, safety would follow. I have to agree with that. The more movement in a stage, the more, uh, more mental. Uh, um, oh, the more movement in a stage, the more mentally taxing. The more time should be allowed. I also go as far as to say, I think stages should be designed to teach and test a specific field skill. Listen to what Joel's saying. Joel's right, okay? I think stage times need to increase. Yes. Sniper side cup, five minutes. For an individual, three minutes, okay? Safety would follow. True, okay? You can play with that at the same time. Deploy things on the clock, do different stuff. You can increase the stress level without making it unsafe. The more movement in a stage, the more mentally taxing. Clue right there. Don't just have them move three feet. Have them move yards. Okay. Also goes as far as to say, I think stages should be designed to teach a specific skill. Yes, a real skill that translates to every shooter and not a shooter of a specific body type. Okay. All right. So Hendricks, what do we got going on here? I'm in full disagreement. Or I'm in full agreement with you on the stage time limit discussion. This is only my second year of competing. In all four of the matches we've gone to, every stage has been 90 seconds or less. True story. Having to shoot two targets, one near and one far from five different positions in 90 seconds is pretty tough for a new shooter. Yeah, and what do it, you... It, it's... I, I don't mind a mix-up of like one or two stages that scramble, but they shouldn't be every stage shouldn't be a scramble. They should teach something. Okay. Having, all right. Uh, it, um, Having to shoot two, two targets, one near one far is pretty tough for a new shoot. I've ended every match with a handful of shots unfired. It's definitely made me notice that there are two methods. One where guys will basically spray and pay their last few shots to get all the rounds fired. And the second to keep their own pace and to timeout With one or two shots on fire. I think both end up discouraging the new shooters. Yeah, there's a discouragement with round counts and things like that. Think about like King of Tumal um, with the elimination side of it. You can go there and you can shoot like five rounds and then be like out. Go home. Spent all that money, reloaded all that ammo, bought all that expensive stuff and go home. Nobody likes that. People like to shoot, you know. So you want to have some separator stages, but every stage does not have to be a separator stage. You want, for lack of a better word, a couple meatball, I honestly do think it should be like a pro target and an amateur target. You know what I'm saying? If you're a pro level guy and you're going to do this, you shoot this target. That's a minute and a half or smaller. If you're a new shooter, you're going to shoot the three minute to two minute target. You know what I mean? And then you can have the times the same and all that other stuff. But then as your scores go and you reach, you can have a, a, a line. As you get to the line, now you've crossed the line. Okay, you crossed it once. Not a big deal. You crossed it twice. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Three times. Now you're a pro. You know what I mean? There's ways of doing that. And it's just it, it, it requires a little more effort. And not everybody's going to do that. Dear Phil, could you please sink your smoke detectors? I heard them. I heard them beeping in the background. I almost said something about Phil's smoke detectors. They weren't mine. They're Phil's. Uh, yeah, Phil's smoke detectors were going a little off on that thing. That was pretty funny. That chirp, 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 chirp. Okay. Uh, blade mask or blade maker here. SP Blade Maker. Online training, forum members, and podcast info knowledge bombs have paid dividends for me on the rounds. Plus, listening makes the workday more enjoyable. I get a lot of really good feedback in my online training videos and stuff. There's been some pretty decent people out there who've given credit to the online training. I actually have to do a video. I got an idea for a new video. I mean, I'm just late because of um this travel schedule just beating me up uh, like it's going out of business. Um, this is Di Benedetto. Hey Frank, after talking to you in the airport after the match, immediately went and bought the Sig Kilo 3000 BDX and got it today. It's amazing. Cannot wait to shoot the next match with this. Thanks for all the great information. Heads up on what um, will help and make future matches more efficient. Um, the the binos for for field stages. Find it, range it, engage it. Or just have, if even if they gave you a match booklet and a ranged card, it's easier to carry binos to find the target. There's target one, found it, shoot it. Target two, found it, shoot it. Target three, found it, shoot it. Target four, found it, shoot it. Target five, ran out of time. Okay, cool. But you got four good hits, you know what I mean? So think about your process. Think about how you're finding it. Scanning, right? Goes back to sniper skills and scanning. You do hasty scans and you do deliberate scans, and you're using your binos. And then when you need to bear down on something, you default to a spotter. We're speaking of spotters. Been using that Nikon with the reticle. I really, really like it. It's 16.99 for the 82E, I believe it's called. It is the Nikon spotter with reticle. It's a fixed 30, 30. That's like that's the max end where you want to go with that. I. I spot a lot on 20. I'd spot on 15 if if most of my went that, that low. But at the same time, um, the Nikon is a nice spotter for the money, okay? When you're not looking to spend over $2,000 plus for a spotter with a reticle, I dig the reticle they have in it. It's like a rifle scope reticle. It's not some contrived, something you'll never use. So the spotter for the... Um, the 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 Nikon is really good. Um I've been behind on the podcast. This is uh PBESN04. Uh, sand. This is Pebble Sand or something. I don't know what your whole thing is. I've been behind the podcast for a while now due to situation at work. I've been able to absolutely burn it down lately. Like 45 episodes in a week. I was especially interested in the pro side, amateur side of the steel plate. When you and Phil talked about it, I had never heard it referred to that way. I think it's going to make a huge difference in my wind calling. It's definitely keeping in mind my next shooting. Yeah, man. Whatever the direction the wind's coming from, and I just default to left because it comes from the left on my range all the time. Wind's coming from the left. You want to be bringing that left to center. Okay? Make your wind call just left to center. One tenth left to center. That's your wind call. Okay, that's where you want to... Don't correct to the edges like a lot of people do. Correct to the center of the plate. Cool. Uh, big fan of the podcast. Could you talk a little more about the Colorado Tripod Company? Yeah, I'm not going to... um. That's Don't jump the gun on that. I got guys posting and stuff. The, the Colorado Tripod guys are just trying to get their feet under them right now to the shooting community. I had seen it pop up in my feed. I had bought a head for my GoPros. I shoot the tripods for GoPros all the time. I mean, put them down range and I'm always shooting them, especially in the far targets because I don't want to put them on the right side of the target where it's meant to be for the wind because you'll see those power lines that are behind my range. And it'll look like I'm shooting at them when I'm actually shooting more parallel to them. Okay? And so it's an optical illusion from the video. Well, I, I picked up this tripod and I went down there and met with them. They have, it's vacation summer, the owner's going to Burning Man, a bunch of stuff. They do have a tripod that is going to work. It's not ready, it's not out. The one that's out and they're ready to go is small, it's about the size of a really right stuff 14. Nobody uses a 14. Okay, most use a 33 or 34. So think of it in size. If we're all using 33s, I have 23s that I use. Mine is a 23. Now you're going to 14. Okay, 23s on the edge of where it's too small. But I'm a smaller guy. I don't need it tall. It's all good. The 14 is tiny. Okay, 14 is like a little bitty guy. The one Colorado tripod company is selling right now is a little bitty guy. It's a good tripod, it's inexpensive, they, they're they solid, but they still have to go through and figure out the shooting. It's not going to happen overnight. When I say, guys, boom, I got something, then I'll tell you, but don't go chasing them and beating them up yet. They're not ready. All right? Um, glad to hear Prime is making a comeback. Uh, please change the battery. Yeah, Phil, change your battery, man. Well, awesome episode frank that colorado tripod company yeah go, go same thing uh i've learned so much listening to these podcasts and kudos to frank and our rowing the snipers hide match i know it's fun but it can seem like work yeah you know how it goes um glad to hear the part uh uh glad to be part of the match ryan we got um albert capizio hey albert capizio's in the house what's up albert al capizio al capizio here man yeah i'm al capizio what you got going on dude yeah i I went to school al palumbo he didn't go i didn't go with a capizio capo not not palumbo Capizello. i'm a capuano but no capizio my mom's a capuano so there you go anyway uh love the podcast just contributing to help the comments thanks andrew uh always good to hear phil's input yeah phil's a rock star Phil, Phil, Phil's gonna Phil's gonna eclipse me if he hasn't already. Uh hey Frank, are you planning on reviewing the Vortex range? I hadn't planned on reviewing any of the Vortex. I haven't talked to him in a while. They got new stuff coming out. I saw a post uh something um KTRXFS. Hey Frank, like your stuff. Thanks for making road trips to the range go faster. What are your thoughts on rematch nuts? I got no drama with them. I'm using one on my that 18 inch. 6.5 Creed, I shoot in the KDX as a rematch with a nut. I put 2K rounds through my 647 this year, and now I'm starting to see barrels as just another expendable. Barrels are tires. Barrels are tires. Um, expendable item, I'm shooting a surgeon in an MPA chassis. I know the nuts limit the contour choices, but there are any other cons. Um, man, let's not, unless you're going to go and, and do a, like you, you know, like that, your contour. If not, If you're not going to go super thick, um, I like the idea of being able to change barrels out and um not incur the gunsmith fees. Yeah, you could just order up a couple and have them ready. Order up two or three barrels with the rematch nut. But um guys like them. I don't see a downside to them on on certain actions, so no drama. Like I said, I'm using them. I see guys do them on big horns on all this stuff. So um, you know, cool. Uh Frank, thanks for doing the podcast. I shoot the NRL Dog Valley. This is another one. Zillal dip. Zillalal dip. Uh, in the safety brief, they said anyone caught sweeping another shooter is an ND for the match. Yeah, that would, I could see that. That's a good way of putting it. If you swept a shooter, it's an ND. You know, not a bad thing, man. Think of a laser coming out that barrel. Safety is still a key aspect. For some reason, this podcast is really quiet. That must be an old one. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about you, dude. Super bummed they couldn't make it to the cup this year. Grew up in Colville, and it's always fun to shoot the match. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the days off. Um... Thanks for the Marina Wool info, the material some of my favorite outdoor to wear. I'll check them out. I like hearing your thoughts on the weather meter and ballistic app. We're working I'm, I'm talking with Joe. Joe was trying to get a hold of me Baker from Ballistic Arc. I just have I brought it with me again. I just haven't had the chance to sit down with him. I got to go with Joe and we got to talk about it and then um, we'll go from there. But we'll have a lot more on Ballistic Arc. I really think with those weather flows and those meters the way they are you get like um get like a, a arrow, you know what I mean, like a graphite rod for a bow and arrow, um a shaft. Get a shaft, uh, all right. Put it in your pack. Almost you can almost use what some of the packs we use have the uh, uh, camelback hole, right, for the tube to come out. Put the rod in there. Mount the weather flow. Now you got a weather station over your head, getting stuff. And you can put it into the wind, you can get it, you can set your pack up and let it hold your thing without having to do the tripods and the other stuff. I think there's merit to the weather flow, man, as a, (coughs) (coughs) sorry, as a standalone, you know, but um, anyway, uh, it is what it is. So that must be the last of the comments. I'm, I'm cruising around. I'm already past about 50 minutes. We've been having fun. We're just having fun. This one's flying, flying, man. This episode is good. I got to meet Mark in an hour. He's going to come down. I'm going to get this uploaded. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper podcast. Thanks for all the comments and everything. I mean, the numbers are through the roof. We're well over half a million downloads, over 3,000 uh, 3, listeners. You know, get, turn your friends on to it, man. Get onto that thing. I, I, You know, we just have a fun time talking to you guys. When I can, I will, and we'll get it. I'm up here for 10 days. I'm going to get Mark on here, you know, see what we could do, and, and trying not to repeat myself with the same story you already heard. Yeah, we already talked about this. Yeah, we already did that. Yeah, I'm going to always repeat. There's only so many things we could talk about, but at the same time, you know, I'm trying to mix it up, make it a little fun for everybody, entertaining you, entertaining me, entertaining each other, and Boom. There we go. But be safe, right? Treat all weapons as if they're loaded. It's a firearm. It's loaded. Never point the muzzle at anything you're not willing to destroy. And I throw in and add, this as a Jacob thing. Take complete responsibility for that action. That includes your foot, dudes. Don't put your muzzle on your foot. Okay, stop it. I know you're doing it. Knock it off. Okay. Be sure your target and your backstop. You own the bullet till it comes to a complete rest. Know what you're shooting at. Know what's beyond it, dude. Make sure you're catching all those rounds. Then, finger straighten out of the trigger guard until your sights are on target. Don't suitcase carry them. Dude, we got to get back into slinging these up or something, man. There's got to be something with... I know we've gotten away from slings on such a big level because the bags and the tripods do everything. But people got to start slinging the rifles or learning how to carry them. I, and, and I'm going to... Dude, I, hope, I don't know if you guys are listening you italian guys out there carrying it with your victrix man and holding that thing like an upside down suitcase please stop i know you got a handle underneath it that doesn't mean you carry the thing upside down like a suitcase on the victrix okay i dig it it's a cool rifle nothing right the handle's a little big i take it off personally but i know you guys like it but goddamn dude i saw you freaking had it like a suitcase backwards pointing at a team behind you and it's like it's still the muzzle it's still backwards I don't know the condition of your gun. You know what I mean? There's a way snipers carry their rifle to hide it. There's a way snipers carry their rifle to hide it alongside their body. That doesn't point the muzzle at anyone. You can't see it if you're far away because nothing sticks out. There's a way snipers carry their rifles. Don't do it like a suitcase. That's not how we carry our rifles, dude. Trust me. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of it. I'm out here. I got to deal with Timmy's mom. I'm gonna smack her. All right, man. Talk to you guys later.